Okay guys, uh, today's teaching is Kingdom, First Things First. Uh, so here's uh, what we need to recognize, that the kingdom assigns great value to placing first things first. The kingdom assigns great value to placing first things first. Now, that, that may not be very clear, but as we talk about it, you'll see what I mean. The kingdom assigns great value to placing first things first. In fact, much busyness, much sweat, much wasted opportunity, time, strength, results when we don't practice this principle of placing first things first. As in, you end up being much busier, spending more time, wasting many opportunities, uh, engaging in more toil and sweat than necessary, uh, squandering strength when you don't place first things first. And the kingship of God, as in the kingdom of God, when we say the kingdom of God, we mean the rule and reign of God or the kingship of God. The kingship of God outlines some simple firsts in the Bible that we need to follow. And if you do, it will simplify your life and it will enrich your life. The kingship of God or the rulership of God, as in or putting, putting it simply, God says, hey Jacob, there are some firsts that I want you to take note of. And if you take note of these, first, these firsts that I've mentioned in my word, you'll find that your life is relatively simplified. And guess what? It's not just simplified. You'll find that your life is rich. You'll find that your life is rich. And so... I've categorized these firsts under two headings. One's called responsible firsts. And the second one is called representative firsts. Representative firsts. Should I change mics, Matt, or are we okay? Okay. Okay, so... Responsible firsts and representative firsts. That's how I've categorized it. You can call it uh, anything else that he best helps you understand it. This makes sense to me. And what do I mean by responsible firsts? Responsible firsts that are mentioned in the Bible are basically where God says, hey, do this first and the onus is on you to be responsible to do it first. And if you do it, look at the outcome. I'll do this for you. That's what he says. And representative firsts are when God says, Hey, here's how I see things, Jacob. I see, uh, if, you, if you give me a portion of this, I'll see it as representative of the whole. So why don't you engage in some representative firsts? Uh, let, me, let me simplify it. Responsible firsts are when God says, um, Okay, here, here's, here's a responsible first. Um, Jason, if you take this scripture and apply it this way, this is what's going to happen. Now suddenly the onus is on Jason. If Jason is responsible to do this scripture first, then the rest of it will happen. Here's a representative first. Hey Jason, Gabriel's just been born. Why don't you dedicate her to the Lord? 
But why should I dedicate it to the Lord? When you place your child before God and say, Here, I'm dedicating this child to God. What you're saying is, She's only a few months, but I'm dedicated to God. Check, check, check. Yeah, thanks man. After all that, I still said thank you. Amazing. Check, check, check. Check, 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 check. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. No video today, so I can do these things. Yeah. And today my name is Jacob. At least thus far. So representative firsts are when Jason brings his baby to church and says, I want to dedicate this baby. And what is Jason trying to say to us and to God? That the rest of this baby's life now awaits. Another 80 or 90 years. But in dedication, we are saying, Oh God, you send this baby. And in bringing you this baby, we are saying, Could you bless the rest of the baby's life? That's called a representative first. Do you understand the difference? Any questions on that before we go on? You can call it anything, but um, I seem to like longer words. Responsible first is like... uh, very simple one. I'll give you more examples, but this is just one example. And so God says to you, hey, you want things added into your life? That's the outcome. Hmm. Let me give you a first. Seek first the kingdom of God. The onus is suddenly put on you. Seek first and all other things shall be added. He shows you the outcome and says, Jacob, this is the outcome. I really want to give it to you, but here, be responsible. So let's talk about some responsible firsts. I'm only going uh, through some. Maybe one of the things you can do is list down a whole lot of other firsts that you see in the Bible. So, here's one responsible first. Seek first the kingdom. Matthew 6.33 Seek first the kingdom. And what will happen? All other things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom. I mean, I'll just give you five. Even if we were to follow these five, you will find that the whole year will be different. Seek first the kingdom, and all other things shall be added unto you. Here's another one from Matthew 5.23. First, make sure that you're reconciled with your brother, then bring your gift and place it before God. As in, first your brother, then your gift. Simple principle. If I were to practice that, I would find that my life would be ridiculously blessed. First my brother, then the gift. As in, if I have a problem with you, I need to settle that with you first before I bring God in. Offering. You'll find that life will take on a different way of living when I place you first before myself or even before my offering to God. And that's just in Matthew 5.23. There are variations of that in the Bible. Esteem someone else more than you. Love your brother as you love yourself. First your brother, then you and your gift. Jesus, I have come to serve, not to be served. If he, if anyone wants to be first, let him be last. These are just variations of the same thing. First your brother, then yourself and your gift. As in, Jacob, you want to be first? Well, then let me tell you a first last principle. Be last and you'll be first. Oh, Jacob, you want to do well? First your brother, then your gift and yourself. Another one. Um, first judge yourself, then others. Matthew 7, 3. First judge yourself, then others. As in, take the plank out of your eye before you look at the... Oh, 
Prashant, there's a speck in your eye, man. But before I do that, I gotta take the plank out in mine. A plank is like massive, eh? So first judge yourself before you judge others. What a simple principle. I'm quick to judge others, but I gotta judge myself and then judge others. First judge yourself, then judge others. Here's another one. Uh, Matthew 8.21 First follow Jesus, then the others. And Jesus was saying, uh, Jesus was going around towns and there's a guy who comes and says, Can I first bury my father and then I'll follow you? Jesus said, Let the dead bury there. Dead. You come and follow me. Another guy said, But uh, uh, I've got a field to plow. Jesus said, If you don't know how to set your focus and follow me, then don't bother following me because you ain't going to follow me anyways. Another guy was looking for comfort and Jesus says, foxes have holes, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. So when it comes to, here's another first then, that first I follow Jesus, then others. Guys, it works wonders, eh? First follow Jesus, then others. As in, whatever Jesus says, do that first. And then everything else after. Doesn't matter whether it's your family, whether it's, and when I say family, I don't mean abandoning your wife or leaving your wife aside. When I say family, I'm talking about family outside of your wife. Because one of the mistakes we make, many pastors make is, oh, I feel the Lord calling me and uh, the other spouse doesn't agree. So the pastor sometimes takes off and marries someone else. That's ridiculous. I'm not talking about husband and wife. They have to be one on almost everything. Unless the husband or wife is doing something that is ungodly. Then you can challenge it. But otherwise, husband and wife have to be one on most decisions they make. I'm talking about family pressures from outside. Guys, you have no idea how many times I've had to take a stance against family. I mean, I remember when, my, uh, when I knew God was asking me to uh, come to Canada, my dad told me that he was going to cut me off and send me back to India. As in, cut me off as in, you do, you're on your own. No help from me. I remember that. I remember when I got baptized. He threatened to throw me out of the house and not have me back. Thank God he changed, eh? So, big deal, man. And it's no like it's not even a choice. We don't have options in this. We don't even have options. We we do this because our first allegiance is to the Lamb. First Jesus, then follow others. And and look at how life works out then. It's brilliant. First Jesus, then friends. First Jesus, and then your parents. Here's another first. First the inside, then the outside. <laughs> Sorry, uh, that is, uh, I gave you the wrong scriptures. Uh, first, the kingdom was Matthew 6.33. First, your brother is Matthew 5.23. First, judge yourself is Matthew 7.3. No, I gave you the right scriptures. I don't know the last one. First the inside, then the outside. Jesus says, hey, Jacob, I don't want you to polish your outside. I want you to be pure inside. First the inside, then the outside. Hypocrisy is when the outside is shining and the inside is a tomb full of bones. First the inside, then the outside. I couldn't care less how you look on the outside. But clean up the inside. For Jesus, this is super important. eh? We were talking about it yesterday. Don't bring me lip service, Jacob. Don't bring me rituals and observances. Don't bring me sweet-smelling sacrifices. 
What good are your sweet-smelling sacrifices if your inside is not clean? Sure, Jacob, you cried a little today in worship. And yeah, it was so sweet and such beautiful worship. But I know your inside, Jacob. Shape up. First the inside, then the outside. God really doesn't care about the outside, guys. It's like a secondary, tertiary thing in his eyes. It's the inside that matters. Any questions on these? Any other first you can think of? Where you do this and God says, you be responsible for this and I'll show you the outcome. Any other first? First obedience, then sacrifice. Mm. First obedience, then sacrifice. As in before you bring me your sweet sacrifices, give me your obedience. To obey is better than sacrifice. I don't need your money, I need your life. Keith Green. Any other firsts? First a son, then a servant. Great. First a son, then a servant. One of the things. First give and then it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Crazy. So many firsts. If you took down a few firsts and practiced them for the year, you'd find a significant change in life because these firsts are sent by God and these are responsible firsts. You do it and the rest works out. First a son, then a servant. As in, first I should approach God as a son and then I should be his servant. Because a servant first doesn't work. Jesus was a son first, then he became a servant. And he's a model. First give, and then you receive. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Any other firsts? First forgive, and then you shall be forgiven. Yeah, first acknowledge me and honor me and I will acknowledge and honor you. Any other firsts? If you don't sow, how can you reap? Yeah, first sow and then you shall <laughs> reap. So many simple firsts, man. Think of them, eh? Ponder on them. Practice one every ten days and see how things are different. These are God-commanded things. Um, what about representative firsts? Representative firsts are... Um, for instance, the first day of the week. As in, it was natural for people uh, um, when, they, when the fledgling church began in uh, the book of Acts, they would set aside the first day of the week and they would turn up in an assembly because they knew that to neglect the assembling of saints was a bad idea. So on the first day of the week, they would set the day aside, not as a Sabbath where you don't cook, don't shop, don't watch TV. That's the we've talked about that. That ain't Sabbath. Sabbath is being at rest. But the first day of the week was set aside. Why? Because this is where it's a representative first. As in, I bring you this as a token of the entire thing. And I say, in bringing you this, I'm saying, uh, I'm giving you, I'm dedicating a portion of it. Would you bless the rest? We'll talk about that more. But the first day of the week, the first of the harvest, the first hour of the day. I mean, one of the things, guys, uh, um, that uh, I've been practicing now for a while is as soon as I get up, despite how busy I may be and how little time I have, I'll make sure that I say to him, Father, here I come with the first portion of the day. And in coming to you with the first portion of the day, be it five minutes or be it an hour, I'm saying to you, here is a, a, a small portion of the entire thing, but I want to give it to you first. 
And it might only be for five minutes or it might be for an hour. But I want him to have the first. And we'll talk about why we need to give him the first. But this is another principle where you where you take a portion and you say, this is yours. Representative firsts. This is what we do dedications for. Eh? Here is a child, eight days old, and Jesus is taken to the temple and dedicated to God. Why? Because the firstborn always belonged to God. We'll talk about that. But he was taken to the temple. And he was dedicated. A dedication is saying, the entire life lies ahead. Here we bring right off the bat and give to you as a way of recognizing where it's come from, a way of honoring, a way of trusting you for the rest. Any questions before we go on? The first part of the day, the first day of the week. You know, I I was just thinking of this. In the last maybe 10 years, that's as far back as I can remember, I have... um, This is not to show you my absence or presence record or to tell you how holy I am, but to show you desire. In the last 10 years that I can remember, I have missed assembling with a congregation twice in the last 10 years. So out of 520 week, out of 520 first days of the week, as far as I can remember, I missed two. This is not to prove anything to God. You get no brownie points for turning up to church in heaven. But it is this desire. It doesn't matter where I am. I remember once being in Bristol where my sister and brother-in-law had just gone to live. They had just gotten there. Sunday morning I get up and I got to find a place to assemble with the saints. Not because if I didn't go, anything would happen. But there I was walking through the streets, and you know how much I like walking. And so uh, I, I googled and I found this particular church that I thought, hmm, this sounds like. I'm walking through like some scary alleys, which I told, which I was told later I shouldn't have been walking through, and finally got to this place. Why? Because the assembling of the saints on the first day of the week was important to me, because that's where I wanted to be. I just want to be where the saints are, and so on. But the point being. You set aside the first day of the week. We might think, ah, church. No, 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 no. It it is, we'll talk about that more. Yeah. The first month of the year, the first of a harvest, first fruits, first born, first love, first love. We'll talk about that too. Any questions before we go on? So here are some principles that govern first things, eh? Here are some principles that govern first things. The first principle is the first always belongs to the Lord. The first always belongs to the Lord. The first always belongs to the Lord. As in God lays claim to ownership of everything that is first. God lays claim of ownership to everything that is first. God lays claim. Guys, (laughs) you you must understand that this this is what God says. And so if you don't like it, change your liking quickly. Because he says, the first belongs to me. In fact, when you read Exodus 13.2, you know, some things I don't even try to reason with God. He does say, come and reason. But some things are too big for me to reason. So if God says it, I won't try to figure out, hmm, I wonder why. 
Now why would he have said that? Maybe one day he'll clear it up for me, but I'm not going to wait till I reason it out before I obey it. All I know is that the first always belongs to the Lord. Exodus 13.2 Exodus 13.2 Consecrate every firstborn to me, the first one to come from the womb among the Israelites, whether person or animal is mine. The first things always belong to God. Joshua chapter 6, this is the battle of Jericho. Joshua won the battle of... This is a musical today, eh? with every point comes a song. <laughs> um, Joshua chapter 6 verses 14 to 22. Guess what happens? Joshua, Jericho is the first city in the conquest of the land that Israel is being sent to. And what does God say? This entire city will be devoted to me. And so first they raise the city down and burn it. And then, in the cities that followed, people could take some of the plunder. But in this case, other than the gold, silver and bronze, everything had to be destroyed. And the gold, silver and bronze had to be dedicated to the Lord too. First city, everything in it belonged and was devoted or dedicated to the God, either by fire or the gold, silver and bronze was placed before him. Now you can understand why Achan's sin was heinous because he knew that this entire city was dedicated to God and yet Achan goes and takes some plunder for himself. And in that he was stoned to death. Joshua 6, 14-22, Jericho was the first city God gave to Israel as they entered the promised land. It therefore belonged to God and was to be burnt with fire. All the gold and the silver and bronze went to the Lord because it was consecrated or devoted to the Lord. You can see why Achan's stealing of items from Jericho was a crime. Because he knew it, eh? it wasn't some guy who didn't know. He knew the entire thing was devoted to God, but he took it for himself. It was not just taking a few things because ah, my wife needs a good sari. No, no, this was more than that. Second principle. This one I love. The first always belongs to the one I love. The first always belongs to the one I love. As in, where my heart is. I know the Bible says, where my treasure is, there my heart is. But I'm changing it around. I'm not quoting scripture. I'm just quoting Jacob. Where my heart is, there my treasure will be. Where my heart is, there I will place my time. Where my heart is, there I will place my treasure. Where my heart is, there I will place my talent. The first always belongs to the one I love. I remember sometimes sitting with uh, this person in the past that I used to like and uh, I always talk about this person in the past who I used to like and you don't even know if the person is real or not but let's imagine she is real so so <laughs> um, Eddie thinks she is real Yvonne thinks she is made up yeah. <laughs> and uh, Paul, Eddie and Yvonne's son is caught somewhere in between because uh, so We'll leave it at that. Yeah, It's an enigma wrapped in a uh, mystery, wrapped in a squiggle. Okay, so, <laughs> so here's what happens. So I used to sit with this person that I really liked and I would wait to see what she liked and if she liked something, then uh, if that was in my plate, I'd easily give it to her. Because 
It didn't matter. I mean, you, you mums do it. Your husbands and wives do it, where you see something your wife likes. And it's going to cost you more, but it doesn't matter. You will place your time, talent and treasure in the life of the one you love. doesn't matter at all. Matt does it always. Which Matt now? The one that's married. So, Matt does it always. Where the first always belongs to the one I love. And that makes it so simple, eh? Where suddenly you realize that, Father, I'm not even coming and giving you the first because you demand that the first belongs to me. I give it to you because I like you. You deserve the first. Becomes easy then. Jeremiah 2.2 says, I remember when you were young, how devoted you were. Jeremiah 2.2 This is what the Lord says, I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness, through a land not sown. The first belongs to the one I love. And here's the struggle guys. First John 4.19 says, He first loved me, therefore I love him. But then there's Revelation 2.14 which says, I have one thing against you. You have lost your first love. And when you lose your first love, suddenly the first does not belong anymore to the one you love. It becomes a chore. Ah, I got to get up in the morning and the first thing I have to do when I've got 20 emails waiting is spend 10 minutes with God and read a portion of Psalm 119. But I have to do it. First love is different. I got 20 emails waiting, but they can wait because I got you, Father. I got to come to you first. You and I got to talk because if I don't, I can't answer any of those emails. So different, eh? And he accepts your bad breath and all. So, remember there's a struggle between first love and um, losing it. Eh? First John 4.19 versus Revelation uh, 2.4, not 2.14. On one hand, it says, I love him because he first loved me. And then there's Revelation 2.4 which says, Jesus is saying, eh, to whom? To us, saying, hey, you're doing really well. I really notice your service, your giftings, you're working really well, drumming really well, singing really well, worshipping really well, preaching really well. But listen, you've lost your first love. Ouch. Because that's important to him. Because if the first love is not there, things don't belong to him anymore. Third, first and best in time, importance, and order. First and best in time, importance, and order. As in, when I say first, or when God says first, not when I say first, when God says first, what he means is, hey Jacob, when I say first, I mean first in time, first in importance, first in order. That's how I see it, Jacob. First in time, first in importance, and first in the order of things. I mean, you know, really, these principles can be applied to marriage too, eh? Marriage would be brilliant if it worked out this way. If both spouses practice this, it would be like they'd be singing uh, your presence is heaven to me. So, the first always, uh, the first and the best in time, importance and order. Uh, first in time, first in importance, first in order. And what do we mean by best? Best uh, is not a, it's not, you can't quantify best 
As in, let's assume I've got $100 and he's got a $200. His best would be maybe $150. My best would be $100. Guess what? I gave everything I had. He only gave $150. But if you quantified it, he gave more than me. So you can't quantify best. Best is best as in best in intentionality. Best in... Where's the... We need an associate pastor to pick up these pens. So... Uh, now remember we need an associate pastor Jason is the assistant pastor so we needed someone else best in intentionality best in willingness (laughs) silence in the peanut gallery Best. No whispers in the second row. Best in generosity. Generosity. And best in joyfulness. These, you measure, you measure first in time, importance and order. You measure best in terms of not in terms of quantity, but in terms of how intentional were you in offering your best. This is perhaps where um, this guy failed. Eh? I mean, he, he didn't offer it with faith either, but this is perhaps where Cain failed. Perhaps. One of his biggest things was what his offering was not an offering of faith, but we'll talk about that. We've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again some other time. But when you offer your best, it has to be intentional. As in, Father, I've thought this through. It isn't emotional. Nothing wrong with emotional stuff, but it's not just emotional, because tomorrow emotions may change. I've thought this through. This is what I want to do. Oh, Father, by the way, it's very willing, eh? I'm not doing this because I'm frightened of you. I'm actually doing it because you're God and because I like you. Oh, thirdly, Father, the best, from what I have, this is what I can generously give. And generosity always goes with joyfulness. As in, when I give, if I'm not ha 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 in my giving, then think about it again. If when you give it's hurting, go back. I mean, yesterday uh, I um, was emailing uh, or texting Heidi and um, saying we need to give this money to such and such a person. And uh, so... I had a mind in my, um, I had a figure in my mind and Heidi had a figure in my mind and Heidi's figure was higher than mine. And so I said, hey, when it comes to choosing between a reasonable figure and a higher figure, always go for the higher figure. That's the way to do it. The point being, guys, that it has to be intentional, it has to be willing, it has to be generous. And if it's generous, it has to be joyful because generosity without joy is not generous. It is not generous. Generosity without joy is not generous. Hey, uh, can I please, since the associate pastor is not here. Thanks. Sorry? Thanks so much. Yeah, but this is... <laughs> But this is important. No, I agree. I've tried it and it's been fabulous. So, 
these are the four things that have to come in. And may I suggest that uh, Cain didn't perhaps have all these little things lined up. Sorry, go ahead, Maria. Okay. So, any questions on this before we go on? So, in your talent, in your time, in your treasure, the first and best is due him. In your talent, in your time, and in your treasure, the first and best is due him. The first and best is due him. Or in other words, in your giftings, in your day, in your money, the first and best. Talent, time and treasure makes it sound like something that is heavenly. So let's make it simple. In your gifting, in your day and in your money, he deserves the first and the best. So this is why I do this with my day, guys. First first thing I do when I wake up, and you know, uh, what I found out is most people who live successful Christian lives, at least the ones I know, have these consistent practices, guys. Some of them are not, no, this might be an exaggeration. I was going to say some of them are not half as talented as me. No, some of them may not be as talented as me in every area, but they are highly <laughs> successful because they've practiced some of these things for 30 years now, man. I see Eddie wake up every day when I'm traveling with him. And he's traveled the same amount and he's a little older than me. And he'll wake up and he'll have this Bible thingy happening where he'll open and read regardless of where he's he's spent. And I can see why at 73 or 74, he has the life he has because he's practiced something consistently. And it made me decide that, okay, Father, I got to do this too. That's why the first thing... See guys, for some of you, I mean, some of you go to work when I'm sleeping. Like at wake times like 6.30 and 7. That's when I hit REM. (laughs) (laughs) So I realize that for you to wake up in the morning an hour earlier, and I'm not asking you to do that. Because not everybody is like Jesus who likes waking up in the morning. Some of us were made to be night people. But, like, <laughs> like Pavan and me, <laughs> Pavan is his brother. Um, uh, so, some of us are made to be night people, but it is important when you wake up to still go and say, Father, I only have five minutes, but guess what? I want to give to you uh, the first of the day. It's a principle I understand about. I want to give it to you. Maybe you get only five, and then later on night you can practice more. But do this. Do it consistently. Any questions on that? Do you think it's becoming ritualistic? Not really, because when you understand the principle, you realize, no, this is not a ritual. This is, this is a principle that really helps. Because what you're doing is you're saying, this is a totality, this is a part. And this first part belongs to you, and I give it to you. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it's not a ritual if you do it for one you love. I do it with my first uh, with with my day. I do it with the first day of the week. Uh, Guys, I said this yesterday. No, I didn't say it to you guys yesterday. I said it to someone else yesterday. You know, these are things perhaps you can um, model from my life. And I said it with such modesty. Guys, (laughs) I can't remember a Sunday that I've come here and not given 
100% of what I have. Every Sunday, as far as I can remember, when I come here, regardless of the week I've had, regardless of the demands on my life, regardless of whether it was a lousy week or a good week, when I come here in worship and in teaching, I pour out my life every Sunday, not just because of who you are, but because of what I know God has placed me and appointed me for. And I do it with great joy. First and best, on the first day of the week, I love giving it to him. And then the rest of the week works out too. But it is so important. Never have you gotten second best from me at Acts 29. Never. Never diluted anything. Practice that, eh? When you give, pour out your best. Pour out your best. Any questions? Even when I travel and come, I used to land at 4.30 in the evening and then I would have a 6 o'clock service at that other place and I'd still be saying, Father, you've got to keep me awake and make me do everything I need to do because I can't go half-baked into this. And it always used to work. Any questions before we go on? Okay, another thing that I practice and that I want to touch on, and it might um, sound self-serving, and it's not, and I really couldn't care even if it was. And I mean that I meant to be as gruff and rough as I sounded, so it wasn't a mistake, is first fruits. Some of you guys practice this, and we talked about it in 2011, December, and I haven't brought it up since, but since we are talking about first things first, um, wanted to talk about this first fruits. Guys, um, one of my greatest joys in the last week was um, figuring out, okay, this is how much I received from you, Father, in 2014. And so, since you're not a God who diminishes things, but you're a God who increases things, this is what I believe I'll receive in 2015. If anything, it'll be more. It won't be less. And then, right off the first week, and, and uh, let me tell you my uh, thought process behind doing it right off the bat. In Exodus 22, verse 29, it says, You shall not delay to offer the fullness of your harvest and from the outflow of your presses. You shall not delay to offer from the fullness of your harvest and the outflow of your presses. And so in the first week, what I'll do is I'll uh, say, Father, here's what I joyfully bring to you as my first portion. And it could be the first hour of the entire year. Let's assume I earn $20 an hour. So it's up to me what I offer. But I come to God saying, here, Father, right off the bat, I offer you the first hour of the year. Or right off the bat, I offer you the first day, what I would earn on the first day of the year. Or right off the bat, let me offer you what I earn on the first week of the year. Or right off the bat, let me offer you what I earn in the first month of the year. And then there are some who say, right off the bat, let me offer you the first two months of the year. Regardless, it's up to you. But it's such an important, cool, awesome principle to practice. And let me tell you this, anybody who practices it never comes off um, with less, guys. So, the, 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 so uh, last week was this busy email PayPal bank thingy that I was doing because I wanted to send Eddie. And I called up Eddie and then there were two others that have really blessed my life. So I called them up and I sent them my first fruits. 
Doesn't matter how you calculate it. There's no percentage. There's no formula. It's what you give intentionally, willfully, joyfully. And what's the fourth one? Um, generously. <laughs> All of you were looking. <laughs> but practice this, guys. You know, it's to your advantage, guys. It's to your advantage. But don't, don't circumvent this process. Doesn't matter. Forget how you calculate stuff, but practice it. And it doesn't necessarily. Um, Diana, you have a question? <laughs> oh, the first rules goes to. Um, he, he, here's what I do I say, Father, I'm doing this to recognize what you have done last year and what you are going to do this year. I see you as my source. And I bring this as an offering to you. And what am I saying, Father? That I've, I don't even know whether there will be locusts coming this year. I don't know if the rains will fail. I don't know if the seed may be stolen by some thief. But all I know is, regardless of what the year holds, I'm bringing to you my offering, trusting that you are my source and you will provide. And so what I do is, I take this money and I throw it up into heaven. And then I find, huh, it's all come down. So that doesn't work. <laughs> so that doesn't work. So I think to myself, okay, if I can't throw it up to heaven because it comes down, let me give it <laughs> to someone <laughs> who God has placed in my life and who has blessed me. And I'm not talking about Acts 29. That's separate. Uh, the offerings I give to Acts 29 are separate. And so I decide I've got to give it to someone. So in my mind, one of the first guys who comes to mind is Eddie. So um, I'll give to Eddie because uh, when you send it to him, it doesn't come back. As in, it goes somewhere. You can't throw money up in the air. Um, then I think of Pastor Mike, who's been a blessing in my heart, uh, in my life. So I give to him. Then... I thought of this pastor in Chennai who's been, not a, he's not been anything but a friend, but in conversation he's enriched my life and I wanted to bless him, so I blessed him. And then there was another two people that I wanted to bless, so I blessed them. And I'm not talking about $2 or $3. I'm not talking about a coffee. It's up to you. If it's a coffee, then a coffee. But if it's more than a coffee, and so did this. And I remember when I sent it to Eddie, Eddie called me on the phone and started blessing me. It is the way to do it. It's the first fruit. Some of you practice it. And blessed are you if you practice it. If I ask the people who practice it to stand up and share, you'll be surprised at what results from it. And so when I receive first fruits, what I do is I take it up before the Lord and I say, Father, here is a wave offering. The person gave it, the person gave it to you. I lift it up to you. And I pray that you bless their harvest now. They are recognizing you and they are honoring me. But I pray that you bless their harvest, that there be plenty. That's how this works. Any questions? No questions. Okay, here's the other thing first fruits does, guys. First fruits relegates mammon to its rightful place. First fruits relegates mammon to its rightful place. 
first fruits relegates mammon to its rightful place. As it puts money, let's assume there's a ladder. Like it or not, in today's world, the most important thing in the world is money and security. Right? It runs the world. So, what first fruits does is before you've received your harvest, you're giving your first fruits, and suddenly you realize that you've relegated mammon to its rightful place because your security and source of money is suddenly gone. Moving on. The next principle of firsts is uh, the first represents the totality. The first represents, we already spoke of this, but I'll quickly. The first represents the totality. As in, uh, if you read um, Romans 11.16. Romans 11.16. Romans 11.16. Here's what it says. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is holy. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is holy. Or it says, if the root is holy, so are the branches. So, guys, it's like, let's assume you go to um, the ocean and you take a small little bottle, scoop up a little water in the bottle and you bring it back. And now that little bottle of water represents both the composition of the ocean water. It also represents the ocean. You're saying here is a little bit of the Pacific. And I look at it and think, this represents the Pacific? Yeah, it does, because in that is water from the Pacific. It has the same composition as the water. It also represents what the Pacific is. And that's what God is saying here. That if the first part is holy, then the lump is holy. If the root is holy, then the branches are holy. As in, this that you bring, whether it be the first hour of your day, the first day of your week, the first month of the year, your first fruits, your firstborn, your first love, whatever you bring to him, when that is offered to God in recognition of who he is, in trust, in thanksgiving, then the rest is also deemed as holy. That's the principle here. And it's a brilliant principle. Because what, what happens is, when I bring the first hour of the day to him, let's say from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., because I wake up around that time. I'm kidding, I wake up early on some days. Who was that? Who? No, I'm kidding. Okay, first hour of the day, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. So here's what I do. When I give this to God, he sees in that one hour, the rest of the day and he blesses it. If my first hour is dedicated to him, it is like saying, Father, I am dedicating the whole day to you. 
That's literally it to you. Any questions on that? Two more principles and we're done. Any questions on that? Okay. So when you come to Sunday, uh, church on Sunday from now on, see it as setting apart the first day of the week too. Besides meeting as a body, see it as, Father, the week lies ahead. I set apart the first day of the week. And I thank you that as I give you this portion, I recognize you as a provider, the the person who gives me your presence, my Father, God, I see you as that. And God looks down and says, nuts, you brought me the first day of the week. He doesn't say nuts. He says, wow, you brought me the first day of the week. Great, Jacob. Let me now bless the next six days because you've dedicated the first and the best to me. These are the days when you should be sitting home with your children and your wife with your feet up. Instead of waiting at Acts 29, listening to a teaching saying, I hope it doesn't get over, I hope it doesn't get over, this is so good, let it continue till 12.30. And when he sees that, he is very encouraged. And so is the pastor. Don't worry, next two weeks will be relatively shorter. Because I remember when I called last time, I forgot it was Jason speaking and you guys had left. Next one. The first governs the rest. The first governs the rest. As in, the beginning of something sets the direction for the rest to follow. The beginning of something sets the direction for the rest to follow. The beginning of something sets the direction of the rest to follow. Why do people like New Year services? Because they feel that's a great year, to, great way to start the new year. The first governs the rest. The first establishes a platform on which the rest will follow. What do you do when you get a new vehicle? You dedicate it to God. Or you bring it to the one you like and say, Hey, I brought a new vehicle. Why? Because you want to take something new and say, Here. Here to God or you say here to someone you like. What do you do when you get a brand new house? You call up the ones that are closest to you and say, I got a brand new house. I remember when uh, Kamal and Anne got their new house. They called me up and said, hey, Jacob, could you come? Unfortunately, they had a few white chairs and I sat on a chair that was very feeble. And the first thing I did was break the chair and fall down on, my, on the floor. That's a whole different thing. But the point is, as soon as they got the house, they wanted to dedicate it to God. Because they knew that if you dedicate the first, then it governs the rest. It becomes a foundation on which the rest of the structure can be built. When we started this place, remember we had a dedication service? It wasn't because suddenly God's presence will be more throughout the week. It was, Father, you gave us this. We give it back and we say, it is all yours. How protective and nice he's been. The first governs the rest, guys. This is why look forward to offering him firsts. Because it establishes a platform for the rest to be built. The first is the foundation on which the rest of the structure is built. The beginning of something sets the direction for the rest to follow. So guys, make it a habit eh, to sanctify or release the part, part of anything you do. Sanctify and release it to God. As an act of trust. Father, I trust you. I, I, I know there's, there's miles ahead to go, but I trust you. 
Father, I recognize you and thank you for being the one who brings every good thing into my life. A thankful recognition. And Father, I honor you. And when you do that, he blesses the root of what you're doing. He blesses the root of what you're doing. He increases the fruit. And guess what? He rebukes the devourer. Because when the devourer comes to touch it, he says, don't touch that. That was dedicated to me. What happens to Achan happens to the devourer. What was Achan trying to do? Something was devoted to God. And what did he try to do? Achan came and stole from that which was devoted to God. And what did God say? Stone the guy. Kill him. And his family too. Same principle guys. When you touch, when the enemy touches something that is devoted to God, God says don't touch that, that is dedicated to me. And if you touch that, you will be stoned. I can't tell you the importance of first things first. I mean, it's such a simple teaching, but it's so massive and all-encompassing. And finally, the last principle. Put first things first. And you will get second things also. I love this. This is, this is a C.S. Lewis quote. Put first things first and you'll get the second things also. <laughs> Put first things first and you will get the second thing also. Put second things first and you lose both first and second. Guys, just listen to this. It's brilliant and it is true. Put first things first and you will get the second thing also. Put second things first and you will lose both the first and the second. Take a marriage. Put your spouse first and you will get all the other additional benefits that come with being married to the one you love. But put second things first. Put money first before your wife or your husband. And you will lose both your money and your marriage. Solomon. Happened to him. He put God first. He got wisdom. And then he put his wives and concubines and the rest of them first. And he lost wisdom, money, perhaps a place in heaven and uh, everything else too. Put first things first and you get the second things. Put second things first. And you lose, lose even the first. First is to prioritize, guys. Your life is determined by your priorities. Your life is determined by your priorities. Prioritizing simplifies the rest. Prioritizing simplifies the rest. Prioritizing simplifies the rest. <sighs> yeah, that's it. Any questions? Any questions? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to put something first is to prioritize. To put something first is to prioritize. And your life is a sum total of your priorities. Or your life is determined by your priorities. Your life is a sum total of your priorities. And prioritizing something, or prioritizing, simplifies life. How? Because everything now has an order. Let's assume Jason put church first before Mariana. 
then here's what's going to happen. Instead of being at home or taking care of his wife and children, he'll be taking care of church. Now, is that a right priority? No. Sure, God comes first, but church doesn't come first before the family. The family comes first. So let's assume he prioritizes church before family. Now what happens is, his family takes second place. And now, uh, all his priorities revolve around what is at the center. But if he... Uh, it simplifies life. And sometimes it results in good things, sometimes it results in bad things. But priority, your life is the sum total of your priorities, really. And prioritizing simplifies life. As in once I prioritize saying, these are the important things, everything else takes its place. Your job and my job is to make sure that when everything takes its place, it takes its place in the right godly order. So if he makes church first, life becomes very simple for him. When it comes to a choice between Mariana and church, what will he choose? Church. Life is simple for him. Now it's a wrong choice, but it is still simplified. But let's assume he makes right choices. So now he chooses Mariana over Mariana and his family over church. And now he'll know when to be with them and how to set aside time for the responsibilities that he has in Church. That's how this works. That's why at the beginning of the year, if you can begin to have God define your priorities for you, then you have an idea of, Father, oh, so these are the things that are important for me this year. Let's go with them. It can be something as simple as, I'll drink more water this year every day. We'll change the way you function, eh? If you decide that I'll drink eight glasses of water this year, it could change your health. Because all this, for the last 14 years, you've been drinking four glasses of water. And you wonder why you look dry. I'm just saying, something as ridiculous as that, or something as big as, what are my priorities? This is how it works, guys. This is how it works. So what we'll do is next week we'll break bread. So we won't break bread today. Next week we'll break bread. And um, I just want to be sent by the church. Any other questions? Any other questions? Guys, if you don't understand any of this or have any questions or challenges, ask this because it would be a shame for the sake of two or three minutes not to ask questions. Do you have any other questions? Part of the reason I'm skipping breaking of bread is I don't want to do anything in a hurry, especially something like that. And uh, sometimes we get antsy once it crosses 12.20. And so take your time and do it next week and do it early in the service. Yeah. And uh, when you do it next week, have grown-ups and not the kids uh, do it this time. Uh, just we don't have to go with kids every time. Let them feel left out next week. And so do it with the... Have grown-ups break it and distribute it and stuff like that. Yeah. So, guys, uh, any other questions with regard to this? It is important to teach this at the beginning of the year. It'll really benefit you as you set things right. Any questions? Okay.